takes it takes one play tester to make all these fucking weird ass decisions and they're like, What? We never intended that. Why are you doing that? That throws yeah, the whole thing out of whack. Right. The game just crashes at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we expect you to go hundred percent evil or hundred percent good. You can't it, We didn't it, expect you to like shit on all these people and then go find a box of puppies and give them to the next person you find. <laughs> the game was not intended for that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that's basically the idea, but I mean, that sounds like Grand Theft Auto, essentially, though. I mean, that sounds I like a type of I wish Grand Theft Auto would let you just shit on people as you're running around. <laughs> hey, don't worry, six will be out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's one thing they put, like, when you play, like, the online game, a lot of times when I sign into the online portion of the game, your character is taking a shower. Mm-hmm. That's just where he starts. They have a bathroom. You never have to make the character take a shit or something. Like, maybe it'll be like, you know, you have to go to fast food restaurants. You have to eat to keep, like, your character from getting hungry. But then once you eat and start running around, then it's starting to digest. And then you have to go to the bathroom, stop periodically, and take a shit. So you want your Grand Theft Auto 6 character to basically be a Tamagotchi. <laughs> like it just eats, sleeps, and shits. Welcome to another episode of Bry Guy Super Friends, where these violent delights have violent ends. I'm your host, Brian Labick, and my fellow guest for this week is Mike Bradley. Hello. I guess I'm the only one that watched Westworld. <laughs> you, I thought I was going to steal your intro. I thought you might have something along those lines. Uh, yeah, and then, of course, it raises the question, are you a guest? Are you a host? Am I a host? And then, like, of course, the more I, when I sort of wrote that out, I was like, oh, that could be a good intro. Then I'm thinking, you know, that's really going to confuse people. If they're not familiar with the terminology of Westworld and they still think we're talking about podcasting? <laughs> yeah, if they're not up on it and everything, that would be rather confusing. <laughs> Hopefully uh, you'll get it by the end of the show. Or, yeah, watching the, watching the show. You probably I don't know if you'll get it from our show. <laughs> See how well we explain this stuff. Uh, but, yeah, if you've listened to last week's episode, I, when we got around to the uh, – we did the What's Up With You segment. We were sort of catching up with everybody. Um, I had mentioned that I recently finished the HBO series Westworld. Um, just to throw out some of the names involved with this, it's created by Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan, produced by J.J. Abrams. It is based on a film from 1973, which is also called Westworld, which was written and directed by Michael Crichton. Uh, this iteration of the, the series, the, the television show, stars Evan Rachel Wood, James Marston, Thandi Newton, Ed Harris, Jeffrey Wright, and Anthony Hopkins. That list of talent is fan-fucking-tastic. So if just that list of people doesn't get you to want to check this show out, I don't know what you're waiting for. Yeah, that's what got me hooked. I mean, I had heard a lot about it, and the thing that made me... I mean, your recommendation came in big. I went and I looked again at the cast, and it was kind of like, yeah, all right. Anthony Hopkins and Ed Harris can carry anything, and the others are great, too. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, because you had mentioned, like, after we talked about it last week, that was the, like, what, the kick in the ass that you needed to motivate you to finally sit down and watch it? 
Yeah, yeah, it really was, because it was kind of like, okay, he wants to do a show on it, it's time to watch it, you know, because I got nothing on the shelf for a couple of days there, and yeah, you went a weekend through the, and went through it. I was going to say, you went through the ten episodes pretty quick. How, did it take you two days? Yeah, we started, uh, I don't know, we, I want to say like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night, and then finished by like 8 o'clock the following day. Damn, okay. So we watched a couple episodes, got up, did our morning routine, and then watched the rest of it pretty much throughout the whole day. Yeah, it's a full day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's not terribly long. It's not catching up on Game of Thrones. You know, it's one yeah, season, yeah. it's ten episodes. It's not daunting, you know, yeah. like... But it is, you know, it, it's definitely a show where you're going to finish one episode and you're not going to want to be like, ah, we'll go do something else and then come back to it. You're going to want to continue to watch this show. Um, and then I, you know, when I was talking about last week, I mentioned how I sort of caught up after it was on and how I stayed away from the spoilery talk online and the speculation and all that stuff like that. Were you glad that you guys watched it the way you did like straight through like that without, or did you look up anything or did you just go straight through and it, the only thing I looked up ahead of time was the cast. Okay. Yeah. I mean, j- j- just seeing like who's involved with it. I always will kind of do ahead of time. Um, I didn't want any of the spoilers or anything like that, of course. Okay. And I always, I mean, if I could keep myself from watching the whole season of The Walking Dead and then just watching it all in like a two-day period, I would absolutely do it. But (laughs) when that new episode's out there, it's like, ah, I can't wait. I have to watch it. But when I'm catching on after a show's finished a season, I absolutely prefer it that way. Um, Okay. Because it's, I don't know, I, I don't like the wait. Like, yeah. this gap right now for The Walking Dead that you go through every stinking year in the middle <laughs> of the season, you go through that gap where you get, you know, two months where you're not going to see any Walking Dead, and it's like, I don't understand why. Just give it back and continue on with it. But, I mean, it, I kind of feel like a lot of shows are going to go that route the further we get into the internet watching era. Yeah. that we have now, the way that the Marvel shows have gone, where it's just like, okay, this is the day the whole season releases. Yeah. And put everything out on day one. Watch it at your leisure should be the model for most television shows, I think. It works a lot better that way. Yeah. I mean, it. it there's a lot of television shows people tell me about, and it's like, I don't get that channel, <laughs> and I don't, in like, or I do get the channel, and I'm not home on those days. Like, it's on, say, you know, like this day at nine o'clock and it's like i'm not available that day at nine o'clock i I never am so when am i gonna watch it it's not on hulu it's i'd have to buy it on amazon without knowing if i like it or not yeah i'm not really gonna be in for that um so last week you know when we were talking about it with the uh the what's up with you segment i gave my spoiler free impressions and what i thought so since we'll probably be getting into spoilers fairly uh shortly here just for anyone that hasn't watched, Mike, do you want to give your spoiler-free overall impressions of what the show, if you agree with me on my recommendation, or if you say no, he's, he doesn't know what he's talking about, don't watch the show? Um. Well, what I'll tell you is is that this show is incredibly well-acted for what these people, I mean, especially Evan Rachel Wood and Thandi Newton, um, I think more so than the rest. Not that the others didn't do a fantastic job of acting, but their roles playing it, the way they had to 
was incredible. I mean, it was incredibly well done. Um, it's a very interesting show in many ways uh, that will make you think a little bit. And I'll, I'll get into some of the things that makes, you know, it, it can bring up some various existential ideas for people uh, to think about. And it's also beautifully shot. You know, it, yeah. it's not a spoiler of any kind. This is, you know, a Western setting. And the Western setting they present, they have some very well thought out set pieces. Um, and if you can't watch Anthony Hopkins these days, I don't know who you are, but you <laughs> watch some more Anthony Hopkins and you'll find yourself more interested in things. Is that your glowing recommendation for Transformers 5? No. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> um, he's in Transformers 5. <laughs> but yeah, but what is he in Transformers 5? Well, we don't know that. But Is he the voice of a Transformer or is he Anthony Hopkins? Because if he's playing a person, a human being... I'm all in on it. Sure, I'll watch it, and I'll probably like it better than I would other Transformer movies. If he's the voice of a Transformer, count me out. Forget it. I want to say he is Anthony. Like, he's a person in there. I'm pretty sure he's in the trailer. Like, you see him I, in the trailer. I didn't really... Like, the trailer was not grabbing me that strongly for me to take notice of every little thing, so I didn't But you're on record. That. You're on record saying that if he is a person in this movie, it is sold... It's sold on me watching it. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it, it, I'm sure Anthony Hopkins will kick ass in Transformers just like he always does. That doesn't necessarily help the movie around it or the writing that went into the movie and everything like that. Because, you know, look at Thor The Dark World. It's still probably dead last or close to it on most people's favorite Marvel movies list. And, you know, overall that movie was, eh, it was okay. But Anthony Hopkins as Odin was incredible, just like <laughs> always. He, the guy, he, he's, a, he's a can't miss. Like, yeah. it, you know, there's a few of those in Hollywood. There really is. There's so few. And I believe, honestly, they took two of them here for Westworld. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel Ed Harris is the same way. I feel yeah. he has been for a long time. He's very underrated, I believe, these days. You know, maybe in the 90s he wasn't quite as underrated, but... Yeah. Yeah, we'll have know. to see... Uh, we'll, we'll try to come back to that Anthony Hopkins thing later. Assuming that any of us actually try to go see Transformers when it comes out. I'm oh, no, trying... no, no. I mean, it'll be Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be, <laughs> this will be Netflix sending me the disc. That's all that'll be. I'm not going in the theater. And that might be something like I see at the drive-in or something. I don't know if I can pay $10 to see it at the theater. When does it come out? Uh, sometime this summer. I oh, really maybe it'll attention. be like a double feature with Spider-Man, and it'll just be like the throw-on yeah. ad to Spider-Man. I, I, mean, I could see it that way. I mean, that that's how I saw The Clone Wars. They say they pushed me into the Clone Wars movie because I saw it. I had to. I actually had to sit through the Clone Wars movie before The Dark Knight. <laughs> so. Not... Could be worse, Double Bill. That's not. It's not bad. It's not a great like, movie, but it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. It, I mean, at that time, it was really struggling through it because the show wasn't around yet, and it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. there yet. Um. All right. So back to Westworld. Uh. I think you had mentioned that you and you and your wife watched it together, right? 
Yes, yes, we both watched it. Does she she normally watch that kind of stuff with you, or does, is this like out of her wheelhouse that you got her to watch this? Um, she's somebody who, if she's not aware that it's a sci-fi thing and she gets hooked into it and finds out it's actually good, she's all about it and she she is fine with it. But if I tell her ahead of time that it's a science fiction kind of thing, she tends to shy away a little bit. <laughs> Fair enough. But but then she ends up liking them when she watches them. So So she I, did like this know. one. It, from what I understand, she did like it a lot, yes. Okay. Um one of the thing I I actually forgot to bring it up last week when I was talking about it, part of my recommendation, I guess, is I absolutely love the music to this show. There's a, Um a the few, the organ. Yeah, there's a few uh like they they cover some songs and they make them like the Saluni bar style like black yeah, hole the, suns in there back to black i think is an amy winehouse song house of the rising sun all of those are fantastic yeah but yeah all the, i had to buy some of those songs off itunes because i thought they were so fucking cool oh you mean the versions they use yeah 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 like i that. was it was kind of a surprise because i think black hole sun's the first one they do that was the first one I recognized. Yeah. Yeah. It, it like because I I said holy shit are they is that black hole sun and I'm like it is <laughs> that's strange it I didn't expect like, that I think they're just like sweeping up the bar or something at that time like there's nothing happening there's just two people in the saloon and it's playing in the background either way the music caught my attention I thought it was really really freaking cool I think that rendition of Paint It Black was probably my favorite I I still listen to that I think it's fantastic. I haven't listened to any of them again, so now I'm gonna have to. Yeah, like the the I went specifically for the co- the ones that they cover. Those were the ones that stood out to me. Those are the ones I like the best. I feel like a few of them were covered as well. I feel like they were all covered, and some of them I just don't know. Like I didn't well, I recognize like, some of them. I don't know. Like when I, I looked, looked at the it soundtrack, up, like there there are probably other covers that I don't I don't know of or I didn't find or you know look at that hard enough, but. I think like half the soundtrack too is just like the orchestral type of normal soundtrack music. Oh yeah, yeah. I was just talking about the the the, the piano uh, ones. Yeah, the piano songs. Yeah, uh, I think those were all covers. Is what I w- was getting at with that. I don't know about for certain. I'd have to listen to them all and try and figure it out. But yeah, some of them I guess probably just weren't in my wheelhouse. But the ones I knew, I really really enjoyed. Yeah. Um. All right, so I think that's probably good enough general impressions. I think the the real discussion for this show will involve spoilers because there were some really cool twists during this first season. Uh, so yes. with that in mind, from this point forward, we're probably going to be discussing spoilers. So if you haven't seen the first season of Westworld, you can pause us now and come back to us after you finish the first season. Uh, this is your final warning. Spoilers to follow for Westworld. Spoiler! Spoiler! You know, something like that. All right, we are in the uh, spoiler zone, the, like the danger zone, but the spoiler zone. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, anything you want to start with? Like, I have a you know some bullet point questions. I think we can try to get to if we if we sort of get off track. But I don't know if there's anything specific you you want to start with. Uh, my first question, pretty much the only question I thought of ahead of time: What would you do if you were in Westworld? Ooh. Um. You know, as much as I, I, I feel like I would try to be a goody two-shoes, like I'd be the guy picking the white hat coming in. 
I, okay. I don't know if I would if I would go full uh full man in black by the end. I, I I feel like I might have to dabble a little bit and like just kill somebody just to see what the hell that's like, but for the most part I'd probably like he helped the the what was it? Billy or William helps the uh the old guy off the ground and he goes, Oh, you wanna go on a treasure hunt? It's like, Oh, I could probably go for a treasure hunt. That could be kinda cool. <laughs> that that's kind of where I think I would be. I'd be in that wheelhouse of like, oh, it's like a mission. Yeah, I'd yeah, look at yeah. it like a video game. Like, right. I've got objectives. Let's go do this. And, you know, like, I, I'd probably try and find the one tracking down the bandit just because, you know, th- that would have, like, the most action-intense moments yeah. in it, I would think. But I, I think it's an interesting question because everybody's going to have a different answer to what they would do in a place like this. Yeah. You know, I mean, some people aren't going to admit the truth. You know, there, there's going to be people who would go in and just you know, fuck as many of the androids as they possibly could. And, uh, you know, that, hey, if that, if that's what you are inside, that's fine. They're androids. It's, <laughs> you know, it's I guess it's if you're, weird. they don't specify how much people are paying to get in there, but you have to imagine it's an absorbent amount of money. They actually did. Did they? Yeah, at one point, um, William's brother-in-law, I can't remember his first name. Logan? Logan. He says, I'm not paying $40,000 a week for us to oh, be okay. here. So, forty grand a week, um, that's a lot of money. But yeah, we're also amount, led to believe that... You do whatever that, the fuck you want. <laughs> well, we're all, I mean, it's also in the future here, I'm assuming. Well, yeah. This is a, you know, so, depending on how far in the future it is, that could be, you know, the same money as today, or dollars could be like yen. So, <laughs> we, you know, we really don't know that, but it, most of the time when a show would re- reference something like that, they would assume that people today are referencing $40,000 a week yeah. as to what it would be today, which honestly, for a resort like that, would not be out of line pricing with what other high-end resorts charge today, because I can tell you from personal experience, not that I've gone, because I don't have that kind of money, but there's fishing lodges that charge you $10,000 a week. Jeez. You know, it's all inclusive, all your booze, all your food, everything like that. So this one's including your booze, your food, killing (laughs) a few people, fucking a few people, (laughs) you know... So, you know, I I can see that price being in line. Yeah. Yeah. um, I feel like I was going to spin off somewhere from your... Oh, I liked that, you know, you referenced how how the treasure chest or looking for the treasure thing was kind of like a video game quest. And I like the way they played that in the show because they they alluded to it exactly the same way. Logan's trying to tell them, oh, ignore that guy because that's just a point. He's just going to... Lead you to this dead end somewhere, not gonna be able to find it. It's gonna be worth not worth your time. Just skip it and get. He's that one guy that's sitting on the couch telling you how to play the game while you're trying to play it for yourself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> that's perfectly put. I mean, in to me, I think like it, the one of the biggest questions I also had with this whole thing is I how are the guests able to identify themselves from the host. You know, other guests. Not necessarily yourself, obviously. You know how to do that, and the people are with you. But there is other people there. And, you know, so the guests themselves have live ammunition. And the hosts do not. So, 
couldn't guests technically accidentally end up killing other guests? Yeah, here's it because uh, me and my mother buddy th- that was actually a friend of mine, Chris. I'll give you a, a shout out. Uh, watch started watching the show before me, and I was asking him about it, and he sort of gave me the recommendation to check it out. So I finally sat down and watched it. So him and I were talking about this before, and we sort of we we had the same question: like, how do the the Again, how they get how what is in the game or in this world preventing humans from killing each other? So we sort of theorized that maybe the firearms they're getting were maybe more in line with the firearms that the hosts have. So the hosts can shoot other hosts, but as soon as they aim that gun at a person, they either can't pull the trigger or we'll just say it goes off and doesn't do anything. So maybe there's something in the firearms that knows, like I'm I'm pointing at a human. So I can can't it's re- preventing you from firing on another human. However, everybody has daggers and knives. What's preventing another human from slicing another human's throat? They never address that. Choking them to death. Yeah, that too. Yeah. I mean, because no matter, I mean, you could still put a shock collar type thing inside a knife that would prevent you in some way from stabbing somebody. But oh, that's there's true. Yeah. Nothing you could do to prevent somebody from choking somebody else out. So yeah, because there's a few times when like the guests are just in somewhere and as the characters we're following are having a full on conversation, either one of them or someone around them just gets shot by someone that just wants to shoot somebody. Yeah. And if they go on these shooting sprees, it's like, how did I don't. Yeah. It's one of those questions that they never answer. They just kind of like play it off. Like it doesn't happen. And that's sort of good enough for the show. Cause I was yeah. waiting for that to, to, to show. I really thought like the way that, Logan was pushing William and pushing his buttons early in his storyline. I figured this was going to be the first casualty. This is where we're going to find out that William's finally just going to snap and kill Logan. And right. that would answer my question, but they never play that that way. No. Yeah, that that was actually something I expected to happen. It uh, Honestly, a few different points. I thought it was coming. You know, where it's like, oh, here, you know, okay. He's going to kill him now. Yeah. He, you know, like right after he, um, uh, right after he cuts her open and shows him like the inside is mechanical. Yeah. I'm thinking like as soon as he gets loose here, he's going to fucking kill him. <laughs> like, it, like this isn't going to be good. So. Let's actually spin I, off from there. Cause that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about is the reveal of the man in black. Yes. Now, that was one of those things that I think people were theorizing about online that I'm glad I didn't read, was this whole multiple timelines thing. Yes. How the stuff with William and, uh, I can't think of her name. What's Evan Rachel Wood's character's name? Why am I blanking? Uh, (laughs) you're blanking. (laughs) Daisy? No, No. it's it's not Daisy. Hold on. She's the main fucking character, and I can't think of her name. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not good. Um, Dolores. That's it. Yes. Uh, that you know, William and Dolores is like, it's like she's remembering stuff, like from mm-hmm. from years ago. I didn't put that together until right at the scene that you were talking about, where Logan finally shows William that Dolores is an android, like a robot. And then when he wakes up and, like, the whole army that they were camping with is slaughtered. Right. And then that was when I started figuring out, like, oh, shit, like, he's he's the man in black. 
And then, like, everything started to click. Like, how the man in black recognizes people that you, like, you just, like, Ed Harris's character throughout the show is every time he comes across someone, he references them and talks to them like he's known them before. And you just kind of attribute that to, oh, he just spent so much time in here. He's just one of those people that pays his time, spends more time in Westworld than the outside world. So he obviously must have came across these people at some other time. And as we start seeing William's story, you see him come across all these same characters. And at the time, I'm just thinking, oh, okay, the people that Ed Harris came across, they're probably just dead. They just, like, bring them back to life and put them back in Westworld. And now this William guy's coming across them, too. It didn't run, not until right at that second when he slaughtered everybody that it occurred to me that, no oh, shit, like he's referencing and talking to people he, that William talked to because that's him way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, that, that whole thing just kind of blew my mind. I figured out the different timelines thing a different way. Um, okay. I was actually onto the idea that Bernard was Arnold. Oh, okay. Fairly shortly into it, I figured out that there was multiple timelines going on. When he's, you know, talking to Dolores and, you know, like he leaves her in that room in the basement there that you later find out was in that other part of town that they had closed down. Like the first uh, lab or whatever. Right. And, and like, I figured like, okay, as soon as that happened, I was like, he left her clothed and what she would wear normally in the basement and just left her there. And then it started to, like, roll on, like, okay, there's a different timeline going on here. Yeah, see, I didn't even pick that up. That led me to, well, then, this must be that he's Arnold, that he's this Arnold we've been talking about this whole time. Because, one, yeah, of course, who the hell else was it going to be? It was either him or Ed Harris that was going to be Arnold. (laughs) Like, and it was like, okay, it's not Ed Harris. Like, I figured that out early enough, but... you know, the idea that it was him being an android as well, that was, once again, as soon as you figured out there was multiple timelines and they had said Arnold was dead, it was either like, either they're lying or he's an android. Yeah, see, you the know, android like it, thing never even occurred to me. I just assumed, like, that Anthony Hopkins knew who this Arnold person was and he knew exactly where he was and just tells everybody that he's dead so that they sort of stayed away from him and weren't looking for him. Right. And because I think because those episodes, I think, happened back to back, like the one episode, we finally get the reveal that Bernard is a host. And then the next episode, you find out that Bernard is modeled after Arnold. Right. And that was like, holy shit, like back to back episodes where I was like, what the fuck? Because even like the scene where they uh, like, I I assumed there was going to be someone in the program that's like. Uh, programming the robots that has to also be a robot. Like, that would just be a cool twist. I didn't think it was going to be Bernard. Um, but when they, him and, what, Teresa, I think, went to that one house that Ford had with the family. Yes. And they're poking around in there. And he's, Bernard's giving Teresa the speech of, like, she she asked, like, well, how come nobody's seen this before? And he said something along the lines of, like, well, the host could walk right past this and not even see it because they're not programmed to. And then she goes, well, what about this door? And he goes, what door? I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that was the moment where you, that was like the reveal moment where it was like, we're not going to say it, but 
I didn't now think they'd like sure. confirm it right after that. I thought it was going to be like they'd leave you with that line of him not being able to see the door, and then you have to think about it for an episode or two before they finally are like, oh, look, he's a robot. I mean, I think it made it fairly obvious given the way they sequenced it. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, it, it wasn't. Like, after that, I don't feel like it was as much of a reveal because it's like. He just says, like, oh, well, they only see what we want them to see. And she sees the door, he doesn't. It's like. Well, one of yeah, them I had is. To, I had to, like, rewind that part, because I was like, did I just hear what I think I heard? Like, was is this where it's going? Is this, I, did I catch this? Well, I actually did the same thing, but the thing I did, because the way the movie, or the uh, <laughs> episode, the way the episode was cut, I wasn't sure if he was in the same room as her when he said it. Oh, okay. So, the, like, the way it was cut the, the first time I watched it, I was like, was he actually in the room asking that? Or was he looking at the space where she's like, the door, right here? And, and yeah, he was, but it wasn't obvious the first time through that he was right there in the room. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was an interesting aspect to the whole thing that I didn't necessarily... It's one of the things I don't feel like they tied together as well as I would have liked. Which part? I Well, I still don't understand the motivation for Anthony Hopkins' character, whose name was... Ford. Ford. To have created the android in the image of Arnold. Because it seemed like that ended not so well between the two of them, of course. Um, See, I think it, it was like, more. I at least I interpret it more as like they were friends up until the end, and it was more Arnold's Arnold's decision, and like that maybe Ford didn't take it personally. Like almost okay. like he didn't see it coming, and then Arnold did his thing, and then he was just kind of left to pick up the pieces. But uh, like I still get the impression that he understood where Arnold was coming from, because really by the end of the series or the end of the first season, I feel like Ford is more in line with what Arnold wanted to do. Like, the majority of the season, I think, seems to set Ford up as, like, a bad guy. But by the finale, you figure out that he's accepted the fact and almost, like, uh, pushing for these hosts to gain a consciousness, which is what Arnold was trying to do in the first place. Yes. Like, he, he empathized with the with the hosts and wanted to find artificial intelligence, more or less. And have See, them I, become more human and lifelike. And, and by the end of the season, I think that's where Ford was at, too. See, I got the impression that what Ford was doing, at least a, to play a little bit of devil's advocate, I guess I could say. Okay. Um, was that he was more so trying to recreate a synthetic consciousness. Maybe not necessarily make them actually conscious, but make them appear to be. See, I thought that was the whole reason of the game. Or the, the maze. The maze. Well, I mean, but the maze was Arnold's creation. Right, but he's not trying to stop the hosts from, like, Dolores, he could have at any point stepped in and be like, okay, we're not going to let you find the end of the maze to figure this out. Right. But he does, like, he doesn't. I think he, he knows exactly what she's doing and he lets her do it. Um... And it brings up another point that I'm going to get to very briefly. Um, <laughs> because, well, it, it's something that 
came to my mind, and that now that you're right there, I don't want to forget to bring it up. Um, to me, at the very least, the search for the maze that Dolores is going through mm-hmm. is enough to signify that she has consciousness. Yes. The Hunting the maze is not part of her loop. Right. And going off script would... I mean, I think it's an error for the show a little bit. Because it's not just Dolores that goes off script. There's several of these things that go off script. And I think going off script, period, is a development of at least artificial consciousness. Um, if not actual consciousness. Because this is supposed to be the future. Okay, so we know how well we can program video games today. And video games never go off script. Um, You know, like, things play out the way they're supposed to play out because it's written in code. Code doesn't change. And so he is either writing into her code for her to look for the maze, which thereby negates the idea of it signifying consciousness. Well, they they or... play with the idea, and this is maybe the way I interpreted it, because the, the pilot episode kicks off with, oh, they've, they've had an update to the hosts where they can start to access almost like memories. Mm-hmm. And that influences a little like improvisation with some of the stuff that they do when they're, when they're in their loops. And then that starts to grow ex- exponentially where certain hosts begin to remember past events even after they were, like, wiped from their memory, which is what drives Maeve, which is what drives Dolores, and, I guess... The bandit guy. Yeah. Ends up uh, killing... Yeah, I can't think of his name right now, either. He's insignificant as a character. He plays a plot point, but yeah, as a character, he's insignificant. But, yeah, you're right. There are other people besides Dolores that that have that happen to them and I think that comes back to that that programming update so maybe they they don't have to go through the the maze to to get their consciousness and, and evolve that way maybe it's just part of because they I even think they say it at one point that the the accessing memories is the last step for the hosts to be able to gain a consciousness and stuff like that like they because they weren't able to do that before and it kept them in their loops and kept them in check. And as soon as they were able to do that, that was like the missing link for them to put all the pieces together and start thinking for themselves. And I think, because well, isn't that, doesn't Arnold say something about that? Like they, he, for their consciousness, at first it was like his voice telling Dolores what to do. And eventually he wanted that to be her voice telling herself what to do. Right. Which well, is the it, whole point of the maze. Well, I mean, in general, anytime you talk about this stuff, it's always self-awareness is what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah. And if you're programmed into doing the same thing day in and day out, and you do the same thing day in and day out, that's not self-awareness. That's just doing what you do. You may seem self-aware, but you actually are not. Going off script and doing what you think you should do, as soon as that word think comes into it, where it's actually thinking about a unique thing that it has not been told to do, mm-hmm. you have consciousness. Because that be- in that instant, you become self-aware. Because right. it's doing its own thing. And in doing your own thing, you have become self-aware. So, 
which is kind of the point I was making as to at what point did he program them to encourage self-awareness? Or did he, I mean, because if you do it, then it's not necessarily, like, if you program her to go on a hunt for the maze, um, she's not See, making that decision herself. If you no, let the them thing. access the memories, and yes. you let them figure it out on their own, it's not necessarily, and it's still not necessarily consciousness. Because they're only accessing memories and going back to things they've been trained to do. Okay, I guess I see. Yeah, because I was going to argue that, yeah, it's 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 not so much he, she was programmed to find the maze. It was that she had access to memories of having found the maze or being told about the maze before. Right. And that was what helped her come around. Um, But yeah, I guess that's true. It, it, it's one of the, like I said, with the existential questions, it's one of those things, at what point does machine become man? Yeah. And in this case, I think that if we assume Dolores pieces together bits about the maze herself and then decides to seek out the answer herself, then she could have developed consciousness. But... At any point, if there's outside influence in in programming telling her to do any of that, I would argue that that would negate the consciousness. That 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 would negate the acquisition of consciousness. Yeah, I mean, the only one that they allude to where their decisions might not actually be their own is is Maeve, Andy Newton's character. Right, because. It, supposedly that was going to be like Ford had programmed her to try and escape. It was the escape do, program. Do we know it was Ford, though? They never no, tell us who programmed her. I suppose we don't know that it was Ford, but who else would it have been? Well, here's the Maybe thing. Maybe Bernard other... would be the only other one. Well, he was the one that accessed it and said, like, hey, somebody messed with your code. So he didn't seem like he acknowledged that he was the one that did it. Um, when I was talking to my buddy Chris about this, he had an interesting theory that there, there was a storyline or a plot thread that they set up that they never touched on. And it might be a little bit of a leap to assume that Maeve is the one that picked it up. Earlier on, I think it was like maybe middle-ish of the season, they had that one, I can't remember her name now either, but the one board member that was coming in trying to like start to whip Westworld into shape and get things, mm-hmm. I guess, prepared for when they were going to vote Ford out. Right. She talks to the lead narrative guy. Yes. And they go down to the basement. They find an empty host, and she says, implant this guy with information and get him out of here. We never see that guy again. We don't know what happened to them. We don't know if they actually succeeded in their mission to get information out of the park using that specific host. The only other theory that my buddy Chris had was that Maeve instead is the one that's programmed with information to leave the park and why she suddenly has this undying need to escape. Right. And given the outcome of that, I would say that Ford also either knew about it and prevented it or... See, I think right at the end is when she snaps awake. Like, everything in her programming is telling her to leave. And she finally makes a decision on her own to go back and look for her daughter. 
Right, but it's not her real... It's like, that. that's the point I come back to, is that it's not... The memory that she's accessing is a memory of previous programming. Yes. And so she's going to go back and look for this daughter that is, in her mind, you know, dead, right? Well, they... But she also finds out that, okay, so the thing's been, you know, like, she knows what they are, they get repaired, okay. Right. But, I don't know, it, it, it's a, there's a lot of answers here to grasp with about android consciousness that, it's really hard. Like, even in Maeve's, like, Maeve's flashback, when, uh, Ed Harris, like, killed the two of them. And she mm-hmm. almost, like, killed herself or was, like, really, really torn up about losing her daughter. And I think they even allude to it then that that might be the first step of her sort of, like, thinking for herself because she was never programmed to act that way. It's almost like okay. motherly instinct taking over. Right. Which is sort of how I interpreted the end. Like, her motherly instinct for whether or not, you know, we all know, and she probably even knows, that this daughter that she had is another robot programmed to be her daughter. But the motherly instinct at that point is so intense that maybe she doesn't care or she wants to, I don't know, try to get the the daughter to remember and they can, I don't know, be one little happy robot family together. So, I don't know. See, that's the point where it comes... <laughs> <laughs> Again, where, like, to me, like, if you didn't program that motherly instinct, it's awfully, in my mind at least, it's awfully hard for that motherly instinct to be there without estrogen. Um, oh, fair enough. Because as, as far as we know, at least today, that's, you know, the cause of most female instinct and testosterone causes most male instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, so I scientific would... all of a sudden in this. I mean, that's not that. We're teaching science class for all the listeners here. Mike Bradley's the professor. It it, it just seems like it's a bit of a leap to say that an android that isn't programmed to can develop motherly instinct. Yeah. Because, like, consciousness is one thing, but instinct, I I, I would say, is a full-on further part of humanity that perhaps nobody's addressed yet that perhaps is something that really puts a hole in their theories about android becoming human. At what point yeah. are they human? I, I still say they're not going to get those instincts without programming. But, that being said... Um, so I don't even remember what the actual like question was that we were trying to answer, but I think we got like... <laughs> we just sort of like shot a shotgun. At, like our, We're very sporadic on what the hell we're talking about here. So I don't even remember what the hell we started on. <laughs> yeah. Um... It, it started, honestly, I think we've just kind of rolled from the beginning right into where we're at. Yeah, because I don't even think, like, any of the questions we've posed to each other, I don't think we've actually answered. I think it's just us theorizing about a bunch of stuff which there is no definitive answer for. Yes, and I mean, but that's what you're going to get when you're talking about, you know, artificial consciousness. Yeah. So, it, there is only theorizing to be done. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, what I will... Uh... No, good. Oh, good. I, I was going to say, one of the things that I think is very cool about all this that I found out from you, and then a little more after, and you piece everything together a little bit, that Michael Crichton based a lot of the story of Jurassic Park 
off of his writing of Westworld. Um, okay. It, the whole idea of, okay, so you have this park, things go wrong. The original Westworld, if you don't know, I, I've never watched it, I read a synopsis. It takes a different turn than this does. The androids start killing people in the park. Um, they start being able to turn. I mean, this kind of takes that turn, but like not rampantly and openly. Yeah. Where it's like a man versus machine you know, battle going on in the park. You have that aspect. Then you have the uh, industrial espionage aspect of her trying to come in and get this out of the park into somebody else. Dennis Nedry <laughs> steals a bunch of embryos, tries to get them out of the park into somebody else. Yeah. Um, it, so a, a lot of these, I mean, they, whether you realize it or not, watching the movie Jurassic Park, read the book, that is a huge storyline within it. It's the reason that you get the Lost World, and if you want to extrapolate it out to Jurassic World, go Go right ahead. I, I really don't care if you do or not. Um, but you, you can say that in the novels, that is a huge part of the story that he tells. In that it's a story about the dinosaurs and the people around the dinosaurs, yes. But it's also a story about the corrupt nature inherent in the new ideas that are extremely profitable. Um, and so is this show. And, I mean, there's even more throwbacks within Jurassic Park, the movie, and the book, to Westworld in, in and of itself. Um, if you remember in Jurassic Park, I want to say it's Gennaro, the lawyer guy. They're taking the tour of the place, and he actually, they make a very specific point of having him ask if the people working in the lab are animatronics. <laughs> if they, You know, like, he asked that question, they, they actually touch on... A few things if you watch and the original writing for Westworld I do believe was where he came up with the idea of chaos theory oh, okay um, and it's a very interesting aspect of it that he realized it would one just be freaking cooler to do it with dinosaurs um, <laughs> you know like who doesn't like real dinosaurs why not yeah and Two, more profitable. Um, let's face it, you put a bunch of dinosaurs out there, every child on Earth is going to want to go and see that movie, and then man-children like myself are also going to want to go and see that movie. <laughs> which is why Jurassic World did so well. Yeah, you know, the movie as a story sucked, but you're going to get me to go see it because you have dinosaurs. So, you know. That was almost it, exactly, I think it was exactly 20 years later, because 73 was Westworld, 1993 I think was Jurassic World, or Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. Mm -hmm. They all sound the same. It, Jurassic. Just call it the Jurassic franchise. Yeah, the Jurassic series. The first one. Um, I'm trying to look at some of my bullet points here. Uh, so the the pilot episode, when I first started watching it, I was like thinking that James Marston was a human. At the very beginning of it, yes. That twist you get that was, impression. I thought, really, really cool. Yeah, it was an initial twist... You know where they, you know, they didn't drag it out long before you found out that he wasn't human, but it was a very cool thing to set you up for the other twists that were to come. Yeah. Um. 
it was definitely a fooler because you definitely watching that you get the idea that uh he's visiting the park you yeah, know, and every, they put him every on conversation, the train. They... Yeah, every conversation he has, like even when he meets Dolores, it's like, "Oh, you've been gone." It's like, "Oh, okay, so he left the park and came back." Yeah, great. This is gonna work out awesomely. Yeah, like he he's so in love with this android. What a pathetic prick. Yeah, and you're like, "Oh, he's an android. Never mind." <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for calling the android pathetic now, but oh. I feel bad for James Marston because all he does is die over and over and over again. <laughs> Well, I mean, even the the man in black says, you know, that's that's what your duty is, is to die. Yeah, you're <laughs> you know, here to like, lose, so everybody yep. else can win. Yep. And, you know, like, I, I that was another aspect of this that I absolutely loved was the repetition. Where, yeah. you know, like, you come in and these people come into the park and they're experiencing the same thing the people before them experienced. Perhaps there is, you know, the per chance case where you know you take off with one of these androids for a few days on a storyline you know like the whole week that you're there you take up the one android and nobody else gets to experience that yeah you know but it it's the same thing happening every day and i i found that very interesting seeing like the differences that can happen and, you know, it, it just made me think about all the craziness that goes into programming something like that. Yeah. Because, you know, like, there's obviously the set program where if nobody picks up that can of condensed milk that she drops, <laughs> that Teddy comes by and Teddy picks it up and they go on their part of that story and then they can take part in a different part of a story that happens later on with, like, the people invading the house. If somebody yeah. were to play along with them, like Ed Harris does, the man in black does, you know, and end up showing up to rob the house. They, you know, that was the reason they came to the park. They want to rob and pillage and do what they want. Well, they can take part in that storyline. But if somebody picks up that condensed can of milk, it can start a whole different storyline. Yeah. You know, so I found that very interesting. Um... Very well thought out, I would say. Yeah. It was almost, you know, Groundhog Day-esque, kind of. Yes, yes. If if that thing would have played the same song every morning, and <laughs> what was the song in Groundhog Day? Ah, oh, shit, no, I can't remember. <laughs> if it would have played that one, that would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that song was, I can't remember right now, it's been the a while. The saloon version of that song, as they're coming in on the train every every time it resets, would yeah. be great. Yeah, my annual watching Groundhog Day is coming up in a few weeks. So. <laughs> you report back on what song uh, it is. Yeah, I'm almost a year off of watching it, so give me a break. There's people um, screaming at us, probably. You can't remember the fucking song. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it is what it is. Um, trying to think what else I got here. Oh, the uh, I don't really know where I'm framing this question, but they had the whole personality of Wyatt. Like they started introducing Wyatt, and in, I think like the second half of the of the season. Yes. And I I just, I kind of really liked the way that played out, is that the first time that James Marston, that Teddy starts talking about it, is, you know, Wyatt massacred the city, I was the only survivor, and then you play it again, and him and Wyatt are taking people out, and then, like, either the second or third time, he's in a sheriff's outfit instead of a military uniform, and then, like, the last time you see it, 
is finally him and Dolores slaughtering everybody. And it starts yes. to piece everything together. I just thought that was a really cool, slow reveal. Because Wyatt's never a, actually a person, like another person. That's just a personality that they put in Dolores, right? Yeah, Wyatt was supposed to be something that they put into Dolores. I, I didn't understand it, necessarily. Like, it, like I, I think, like the idea, but I don't know, know why they did it. I think, for all intents and purposes, Wyatt was supposed to be a host. It was supposed to play out like exactly the way Teddy sees it, I think. Or or at least he was supposed to be a nemesis for Teddy somewhere. Now, when Arnold figured out that he was going to destroy the park, instead of putting that personality in a different host, he just added it to Dolores and let her go apeshit. See, I thought it went the other way around, that Dolores just kind of went apeshit. Uh, no, I'm she... pretty... I'm, I'm almost positive when, when Arnold was talking about like what he was his plan to like if he fucks it up bad enough that Ford won't be able to fix it that it's one of those times I think he's sitting talking to Dolores and he picks up his pad and it brings up the Wyatt personality and I the way he's like tapping around in there I interpreted it from what I remember of him imprinting that personality to Dolores okay uh, I mean the way I kind of felt about it and what I'm remembering um, Maybe was go more back along... and watch all this stuff and make sure I get all these details right. Yeah, they, I mean, it's it's tough to remember them all because, once again, this is a lot of repetition in this show. Um, so you're piecing together things that happened several times and trying to pick out which individual moments happened when. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, the, the way that I had saw that was that Dolores did the... She had solved the maze and she had developed her own consciousness and they had to program it out of her after she did that after she kind of went off the rails and did that and they had to find some sort of solution to that problem and then when they were creating all the new because Wyatt evidently was an idea that Arnold had had right and I think when they were creating all the new memories and uh, like when they release the memories into these, into them, um, with the reveries, you know, le- letting them have those little memories, they knew this was going to come back. So they created the character of Wyatt and gave him that memory, and altered it so that it would remember, so he would remember it that way and not remember it being Dolores, which would cause some sort of like fatal exception within his programming. Yeah. I mean, that that was the way I looked at the whole Wyatt thing. I don't know how correct it is. I don't know if that's what they intended, but that was kind of the way that I had saw it. Yeah, because I, I think I kept expect Like, when they were started name-dropping Wyatt is like, this big bad for the new narrative or whatever they added to the narrative, I expected some big shootout showdown type of thing to happen in the finale with this Wyatt character. Right. Especially just from, you know, Teddy's uh, memories of the event. Of, like, you know, this one dude just massacring people. So, yeah, when it became the reveal that it was Dolores, I was I was just kind of thrown aback, I guess, I think, with it. Yeah, I'm going to have to rewatch that sequence or, to get a better grasp on it, I think. Because, I mean, it was a very convoluted thing that they did with it, for story purposes, in my opinion. Um... Just because of kind of what you said, they had it happen all these different ways, and I'm not actually recalling 
whether or not they explain well why Teddy remembers it so many different ways. Like, why does it get remembered all these different ways is what I'm I think the way you described with. it, I think I, I can get on board with, where when they first sort of let him access that memory, they change a little bit. So he's not seeing what he's supposed to be seeing. And because you're left to assume, like, as the season goes on, it seems like Teddy is getting closer and closer and closer to the truth getting, of it. Yeah. And each time he dies and comes back, he remembers a little bit more or a little bit slightly different. And then finally he remembers everything, like the way it actually happened. Yeah. So, I, yeah, so I think if I think that falls in line with the way you described it. I think that would that would work and explain it for me anyway. Yeah, and that that works. That works for me. You know, the first time he remembers it, he sees what they imprinted as Wyatt into his brain. Right. And then it starts to slowly come to reality. Right. Um, there were a few, I think, uh, at least one unanswered question, I think, for me. Like, <clears throat> do you remember the security guy? Like, the head of security, I think, guy? He was He was the other Hemsworth. Oh, yeah, 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 that guy. Uh, so he goes to investigate something. He gets attacked by, I think, Indians, and then we never see him again. Do we think he's still alive? Um, I assumed he got captured and then was going to show up later, but he never does. That's a good question. I, I don't have an answer for that one, actually. Okay. Because, you know, I, I remember very distinctly what you're talking about, and I never even thought about the fact that he didn't come back until you brought <laughs> it up. Um... Yeah, I think they could play that route, that he's still alive. Um, they're going to need some people to carry over for the second season, of course. They have whoever listed as being part of the next season. Um, Which season two isn't happening until 2018. Yes. So we have a while to wait. It looks like the only pe- they have four people, and that's it, that they have confirmed for both seasons. So Dolores, James Marston... Bernard. May- no. Yeah, uh, Bernard's not in the... They don't have Jeffrey Wright in there? They have him for one episode in oh, the second no. season. And that's it. That's probably a spoiler. It's, but Ed Harris, James Marsden, Thandie Newton, and Evan Rachel Wood are the only ones they list to be in all episodes of the second season. And Jeffrey Wright is the only other character listed to be in one of them. I swear to God, if he dies in the first episode, I'm I'm gonna be mad at you. Well, I don't. He's an android at this point, so technically he doesn't die. You know what I mean. I like that guy, and that, <laughs> that character. If he only shows up for one episode and something happens to him, well, it's IMDb. They have been wrong before. They better be those motherfuckers. <laughs> well, it. But for me, the interesting thing, drawing into season two. Next year, probably in the fall, so it's probably almost full two years away, um, is the one big reveal they had at the end that we haven't talked about. It was in the last episode. Maeve is running away with the bandit guy and the bandit guy's friend, and they come across SW Doors. And they go yeah. through the SW doors, and there's a bunch of guys dressed like samurais. Yeah, are we get in Samurai like, World. <laughs> and, uh, well, it brings up 
So it's Samurai World there, Westworld there. How many is there? Yeah. Is it just Westworld and Samurai World? Or do we have, you know, as many of these parks as they could put on the land that they have to make up, you know, a whole catalog list of video games? You know, it's... That would be a fun season, too, though. Like, putting a few Westworld characters into this Samurai World and see what they do. Yeah. Or into a different... I mean, Samurai World, I don't know. I feel like that would be... I don't think they're going the Samurai World route. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, I mean, I think it would be interesting to see this done in a real-world context. Um, You know, like, maybe because it's in the future, they have, like, the... 80s world or the 90s world or so, you know something like that where it's a or you know modern era for us yeah you know that they're in the real world but it's not the real world kind of thing where you know they, I think that would be interesting is that you know say the second season jumps along it can't jump that far in scope if Ed Harris is back because yeah. he's not an android uh, the other three are, so it could jump as far as they wanted. Right. But with him still being present, I don't think they could jump so far forward that they managed to create an entire modern city of these things, where yeah. there's, you know, thousands of people working in an Empire State Building or something, you know. <laughs> I, I don't think they could go that far into the future with Ed Harris, but I, I think it... Although they did play with multiple timelines in this one. Yeah. yeah you know, I don't know. Uh, Maybe he figures out how to put his consciousness into an android. <laughs> I liked how uh, by the end of it, he sort of got his wish. And, you know, Ford... I think... the, the All right, correct me if I'm wrong. The way this plays out is like the... he I'm guessing is sort of like his, his last goodbye. He ups the stakes and allows the safeguards for these empty hosts, the ones that were in that basement, it looked like. Because that basement was cleared out by the end. Yes. So I'm assuming he retasked all those empty hosts with whatever programming he wants to that allows them to kill everybody? Or, is, or do you think that they just suddenly woke up and they're conscious and, and they don't care about rules anymore? Well, it, it, that goes once again back to the gun question. Um, I mean, Ed Harris very visibly gets shot in the arm. Right, and and I, I think that in order for that to work, that the gun, when it's pointed at somebody that's a human, has to be taken away and replaced with a real one. Well, I think that was the whole thing around the gun that uh, Dolores was using, right? That was the same gun that she used to kill Arnold. Yes. Which apparently is able to use live ammunition, or or is not beholden to the safeguards of preventing her from shooting people. Right. Well, I mean, I I think that was actually something else with the guns that I did notice is that during the storyline with William, when they get shot, it still hurts a little. Yeah. Like they they feel it, but it does not seem like the Man in Black timeline that Ed Harris's character even is feeling them. Yeah. And I feel like that may be improvements that they made where perhaps the gunshot wounds that you see are artificial. Um, 
you know, like it, everybody's firing blanks. Nobody has actual bullets mm. in their guns, but it feels like there is. And because where you shoot looks like there is, perhaps that has some effect. Right. Gotcha. I, I don't know, though. It's hard to say. <clears throat> you have to see what we'll to see where they go with it and what they end up doing. It's the way they ended it. Like Anthony Hopkins gets shot in the back of the head. They start wiping out that crowd. Like I'm curious to see who makes it out of there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, among the people in there, I, I, you know, obviously Anthony Hopkins is gone. That that much is very obvious. Ed Harris. Um, spoiler alert, I did just tell you he's going to be in <laughs> next season, but once again, he, you know, we did have Arnold and Bernard, so uh, nothing qu- says that he's alive. Real quickly, too, because me and my buddy were talking about this. Do you think, would you put it past Ford to somehow have, like, a cyborg clone of himself, like, waiting in the wings? Or do you think he'd actually go out like that, being shot in the head by Dolores, and then that be it? Or do you think he'll come or back do as you a think robot? The, or do you think the cyborg's what got shot? Or yeah, that that too. I, absolutely possible, of course. Okay. And that would be the type of spoiler that IMDb wouldn't allow on their page. <laughs> Good. At least they keep some things to themselves. Yes, that. Well, I mean, that would be the type of thing that they would not tell anyone about, and they would keep a spoiler. Yeah. You know, they they would make sure that that was the case. Um, but yeah, the, absolutely. I mean, when you're talking about a world of androids where you have one that can be made into the exact replica of another human, it, all bets are off on who's alive and who's dead. Do you want to go one way or the other? Do you think that was that was a robot? Do you think Anthony Hopkins will come back? Or do you think that was actually Ford? And that's um, it? I think that was actually Ford. Okay, yeah, um, that's where I'm leaning to. But the, the, the whole idea I was saying was, uh, you know, so somebody else decides to write them back in for season three. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, they, they, you have that option because you have androids. You know, they, you, I think you it'd can't be, ever close that door. <laughs> yeah, it would be, I, I feel like, a little bit more poetic if he went out like this and this was the end of Ford. Like, for yeah. his, his storyline for season one, I think that, that, that arc for him worked actually pretty well. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's all you need from Ford. It yeah. was a fitting end and if you take that away by bringing them back that would be bad for the overall story right yeah yeah i think it's one of the good things i think like as much as that sucks we're not getting westworld season two in 2017 i think it's better that they wait for 2018 because it gives them that extra year to hash out a story and make sure it works and if they think they're going to get other seasons to even plot something out for a couple seasons to 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 play because, you know, t- television seasons are so rushed, like, they have all the time in the world to plan season one well, it's a hit, so then they're like, turn another one out right now, and then it's never as good the second time around. No. So, I'm I'm glad they're getting the time to do it that way. Yeah, it seems like most shows that take their time and really put the effort in over the two years, they really do turn out very well. Yeah. Not many do it, but a few that do, it works. Usually. Yeah. Um, all right, I think we've touched on pretty much everything I wanted to. It was a little bit scatterbrained. It wasn't as, as nice and neat as I wanted it to, but I think we hit most of the bullet points I had. Uh, I think we'll just end with, uh, do you have a favorite character? 
wow, that's not something I gave thought to, but I do. Um, I like the... Uh, I'm just going to look up his name real quick. I have <laughs> IMDB open, but it's one of those things where my brain doesn't work as well as everybody else's, I guess. Um, Hector. Yeah, was, that was the, the uh, gangster leader guy. He was the bandit. Yeah, yeah. He, he was yeah. the one rolls into town, starts shooting everybody up. I thought he was great. You know, after, I mean, it, it to me, he had the funniest line in the entire thing. He had the best line in the entire series. The corporate chick is screwing him or whatever. And, you know, he's an android. And the corporate chick's screwing him. And she answers the door naked to the other woman. And she said, oh, great. Does she want to join? And it's like. <laughs> It's an android guy, and he's still asking if we want the other woman to come in. <laughs> like it's like it's so. At some point, somebody programmed that robot to be like three way. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I I mean, that's not the only reason I like the character. I just thought <laughs> I, I thought it was he would have the coolest arc if you were in there, and I enjoyed the actor. I yeah. Um. The actor's name is Rodrigo Santoro. Never heard of him before. But yeah, I, I thought think I it recognize was him either. And very well done role. Yeah. Yeah, I really wanted to say Teddy. Like I even though he died just over and over again, there was something <laughs> about him that I, I latched onto. Maybe because he's the first one you really see and follow for a while. Yeah. Um but I really, really, really liked the arc that they did with Ed Harris. So I think he, yes. him and him and young William, the two of them together and the, the, the timeline, that kind of thing, I think that I really latched onto that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was, to me, that those were my favorite moments in the story was following Ed Harris. I mean, that was yeah. the most exciting, interesting, mysterious stuff that they were doing. Yeah. Um, one other thing, too, because I didn't know this until after the fact. Did you realize that there was a small, short after credits scene after the finale? No. Do you want I'm doing me to this with TV shows now too. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's real. Yeah. Small. Go ahead. Tell me. Um, the the bandit chick that was with Hector that yes. got out with them and was running around the facility. At the last time we see her, her arm is stuck in a door. Yep. And she's surrounded by security guys on either side of the door. Um, with her hand stuck in the door, she's still holding the. Uh, automatic weapon so she shoots a couple guys that she can and then the guys that are coming behind her she literally like chops her arm off and leaves it in the door okay. and then just kind of smiles and then goes after them so it's really it but oh, I okay. think it, it sort of signifies to me anyway that at least her I don't know if all the other hosts are doing this but like that she sort of moved past um, or she, she gained sort of like self preservation like, she didn't want to just sit there and die. She wants to continue on and live to the point where she will chop her own arm off and march forward. That That's an interesting thought to it. I Hearing your description of it, I'd say that's going to lead to her having escaped. Yeah, she could be the first one that's out in the, in the real world somewhere. Yeah. That would be my guess, but that's obviously just a guess. We can report back if you want to, like, you can check that out, like, that four-minute, five-minute sequence, whatever it is, and, and come back to me and let me know what you think. Yeah, if you agree yeah. with my little assessment or if you got something to add later. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably where we'll wrap it up here. 
we probably could just keep theorizing and talking about the show forever, but I think we got to try to wind it down. And I, I do want to save some room for other shows that I have coming up this month. I might actually only be able to get one more in this month, and I know we have something planned for next week. So, And that'll probably be a long one. I think we're finally going to get around to our top 10 movies of 2016. And I think I have four other people lined up for that. Um, so that'll between it, five people's top 10 list. This could be a long and interesting podcast that we have coming. Uh, so that'll be one to look forward to. But, uh, if you've enjoyed the show, uh, you can stop at iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. That would really help us out. Uh, you can be sure to share, subscribe and favorite the show as well. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Superfriends, or just search for Bry Guy and his super friends on Facebook. That will pop up the page as well. Uh, and that should be it for this. Uh, on behalf of Mike and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time.